You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, if there was any hope at all, it's sure gone now. Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and on the bright side, the Flyers losing last night means we can probably start to plan out our vacations for uh, for late spring, early summer, so, you know, silver lining, boys, gotta, gotta take it. Yeah, uh, I'm Matt Arenic. another silver lining is we will hopefully soon know what the team's new direction will look like with the uh, the deadline fastly approaching, so... Here's the here's to that. I'm Mike Zawissa, and uh, I really need to seek help. Considering I was just about ready to believe that that this team is about to make a run, I I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, Joe and I thought they were going to win the division. So so yeah, <laughs> imagine being us. Um, I think we all need a little bit of therapy, though. This uh, this has been a tough season, um, and after Tuesday night's loss, we can. I mean. It would take a miracle for them to really climb back in this. So I think we can close the close the door on the season. Good riddance. Uh, before we get into that, Matt, you want to go uh, go through a quick word from our sponsor? Yeah. So it's every everyone's favorite tur- tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia, to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of all the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you hadn't tried DraftKings before, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament fees tease off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you will become to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros yourself, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during the sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with one with a free shot Excuse me, at $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Excellent, Andrew. Excellent. Um, let's get into it, boys. What we're going to get just to your – I want to hear your quick thoughts on um, – I mean, we don't really, really have to touch on the Islanders. Um, overall, just say I think the team, the team played well. Um, they looked better. They have the last couple games, but – um, let's just get in what happened to, to Tuesday. Um, is the season over? W- what do you guys think? Mike, I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts on last night's game? Best second period. I don't know what the hell that was. Best. <laughs> so the train train coming through right there. I'm going to have to. Is it the Wayne train coming door. to save us? <laughs> Hopefully. Man, I would, would kill for that. No, um, I, I, I think that's probably it for them. Right. Um, I mean, it's got to. Like you're never out until you're out, but. 13.8% chance making the playoffs, apparently. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, lucky number two, 13. Game. Look at that. Yeah, lucky number 13. Well, I mean, with this team, 13 is probably a lucky number. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, if they had won last night, then they were, I wouldn't say in the driver's seat, but they were right there. The, you know, they strained together two good weeks, and they're probably into a playoff spot. So, But losing that in regulation, and especially the way they did, too, like, it was... I mean, I don't think we've seen them play a better period all season than that second period. Oh, man. Uh, that was something I, else. And, I mean, it's it's going to be brutal, like a lot of flack, because it was the fourth-string Bruins goalie. Um, I mean, that sucks. I made a couple cracks at it on Twitter. I know you did. Jeremy <laughs> Swayman's going to be a good goalie, though. He he actually is. He has some he has some. Uh, he made some big saves. Pedigree to him. He yeah, did pretty he's good. A good. He's a good goalie. But, I mean. Carter. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, you get 25 shots in a period, you expect to win a game probably, I guess. And but, then followed uh, up with three in the third, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's that's really it, you know. I, I won't, I'll touch on this more once we move forward, but, like, if they play like that to the rest of the way of the season, then I'll, I don't know, considering they're out of the playoffs, I'll be happy with that, you know. Like, at least we're, we'll see an effort throughout the rest of the year. Um, they actually looked like themselves for the most part last night, minus the shorthanded goal. But, yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say. Just tough. Matt, what do you? What about you, buddy? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to try to stick to it. I didn't get to watch the third as much, thank God. Um, less. But, yeah, I mean, from some positives, Sam Moran has been surprisingly solid yeah. back there. I mean, he... He brings that element of kind of toughness the lineup was missing. In the corners, you, he just pushes people away with like one hand and he's making good plays where he's actually becoming the center on breakouts and giving the winger an option when the when the uh, defensemen are pinching down the wall. Like, And I think that's another thing that we've seen a lot and something that maybe we haven't touched on enough is I think a lot of why we've struggled offensively this year is we haven't been getting the production outside of ghosts from our defensemen. Obviously, Sanheim finishes the, the overtime winner against Boston. But outside of that, I was looking at the goals, and it's like one or zero goals from every other defenseman. And last year, I want to say we were, what, like top in the league from points from defensemen? So I think that's something that we haven't touched on enough. It was nice to see that Sanheim following that OT winner, Myers too, some defensemen were kind of joining the rush and helping out the forwards. Um, so that's kind of another positive I noticed, but obviously it's it's too little, too late. When when you have a thirteen point eight percent chance, and you're, the team you're chasing is the Bruins, and they have uh, games in hand on us, and they have games in hand, and they still have to play like the Sabers a number of times, and we still have to play the Penguins a good bit of times, and we still have to play the Islanders, and God knows who. I, I'm glad that for the most part we can sit here and be like, okay, what's next. Yeah, and before, before right before we move on to that, uh, you guys have been harping on the officiating all year, and I've I've been giving them a little more slack, I think. But <laughs> holy shit, um, missing that puck over glass when you're three feet from the play, that I, I I mean, unless his angle was like really bad, fine. But then the roughing call on that Moran for for a, just like clean body check there was nothing did you see the video it was a hug yeah it was robert haig hit i mean did did you see the video of the kevin miller too when he like hits konechny and then they oh yeah and then he like punches him with the butt end of the stick in the face no call 
And then you have Brad Marchant, who throws Justin Braun face first into the post and then proceeds to slew foot Oscar Lindblom it, like, while the ref's holding him. And they're just sitting there like, yeah, everything's fine. We're doing good. It's it's almost like because that team does it so often, yeah. the referees just like are like, well, that's how they play. Well, yeah, it's the same thing it? with the Islanders. Yeah. The same thing with the yeah. Islanders interfering yeah. with every dump in. It's like, oh, that's how they play. They play a type checking yeah. game. It's like, oh. yeah. Ask okay. for forgiveness, not permission. That's what those teams do. And I will say one last thing, though, before we move on. Uh, Matt, I know you kind of gave him a little shot, but I, I will say I do think it's encouraging. Carter Hart has played well since coming back. I think that he looks... I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, the, the other game, he was definitely much better. I think the only reason I said that was predominantly, like... It's just the big saves. Not that the, In the other game, he had some very, very big saves. Yeah, That's yeah. not to say. But that second goal, which, again, as we, we always say, like the Bergeron, he's wide open in the slot, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. That's kind of the constant discussion people have been having is, like, the player's wide open in the slot, but depending on where the shot goes, you're saying you would have liked to have that save. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. semantics. It's like a 50 to yeah. coin flip, essentially. No, and I just, I, I'm saying besides that goal, because that was one I looked at, where I, was, I, I was like, man, that would have been nice to have. But on the whole, I think his positioning looks much better. He looks bigger in the net. He's, he's using the glove a lot. He's like, it almost like it looks like he's going out of his way to, to catch a lot of pucks and I think he's looked sharp um, since he took a week off. So I think that's encouraging. I agree. I, agree. I think he's, he has looked better. Um, let's shift our focus now to the deadline. It is Monday, correct? I mean, if I'm not Monday. mistaken. Monday, 3 yep. p.m. Eastern is usually the cutoff for it, unless they've changed it for COVID for some reason. But, um, I mean, everybody kept saying for, from the other podcasts I listened to from um, 31 Thoughts, Elliot and Jeff both said, like, hey, you know, this week that we are – going through right now would determine if Chuck Fletcher is going to do anything or not. And that's what we've heard pretty much, I don't know, the last like two weeks or so. Um, and I would think after last night's loss, they probably shift them more towards the seller kind of avenue. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on, on who you want to see move potentially, any, any kind of deal that you've you've heard about and you're kind of interested in. I'll throw this one out here, the Scott, Scott Lawton to the Penguins. Um I would be shocked if that happens. You would need a third party to do that deal because the Flyers and Penguins just don't trade with one another. The last deal that happened was that Mark Strike deal and that they had to get Tampa involved. Um, so I highly doubt that happens. Um, I'd really hate to see that happen. I don't want Lawton to go to the Penguins. And Yeah, not to the Pens. But no, if I, they can get, like, a, if they can get, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to get a first-round pick for Scott Lawton. I'm, I'm being dead serious. Like, we've seen third-line centers If there's a team that. that's... Oh, I 100% yeah. agree. I mean, last yeah. year, you're talking about... Yeah, there's Barclay. that train again. Choo-choo! Wayne train, baby. There's well, Wayne. here's the thing. I, I don't want to... I So, I'm going to say my piece real quick, and then you guys can go. I'm all for moving um, pretty much anyone. I do have a couple untouchables. Obviously, Giroux, Couturier. Farabee is an untouchable. Hart, and then... Um, Provorov. Those are my five that are untouchables. Everybody else is is kind of fair game, but um, I'm hesitant to move the other players for picks unless Chuck's going to use those picks to go and get somebody big. But with the salary cap being so tight, I don't see that happening because you got to move money both ways. So I want to see player for player traits. I don't want to see Scott well, if, Lawton for a, you know a second. I don't want that. If you're if 
But that's the whole thing, though, Joe. Like, if you are making those moves to get picks and then you want to use those picks to make trades, like, you don't have to take back... You don't have to send back money if you're going, like... If you're trying to get a big-name player from another team with picks. You know what I mean? Like, if you clear out money now through right, collecting assets... You can... A lot of the teams that would want Scott Lawton don't have a lot of cap flexibility, so they'd have yeah, to send money. Yeah, but Scott Lawton makes, what, like, two-something? That's yeah. one of the easiest Low contracts two, to like get. Low end, and I we do can, see what you're saying with some of the bigger guys, yeah. but for for someone like Lawton, for someone like, I mean, Sanheim, you could throw Sanheim and Phil Myers out there, even maybe not Sanheim, um, but for players like that, I mean, even like a Nicholas Alway Kubel, like he's, I don't know, he's had I, a I rough think. year, man. Nack has had a rough Him, year. He just takes so many penalties; it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. What are um, we mentioned that the Lawton? Walton deal that's getting kicked around. What else have you guys been hearing or something that you want to see done? I'm just glad that we aren't going to see Mark Stahl in a Flyers uniform. When I saw that, <laughs> don't, like... Don't hang on. You, it's not Monday can yet. Can you imagine? If, if he does, he should be fired on the spot. If he, yeah, trades any a- if he trades any asset for Mark Stahl, who's a terrible defenseman who literally just had to be bought out by a neighboring team... Like, you got a good look at him. He's not a good defenseman. He's not going to be again in his career. You're not going to make the playoffs, and you're going to trade for him. Like, there's just no, no yeah. way. I uh, I think some of those moves that I'd mentioned, before, like, earlier, like, earlier, meaning, like, earlier episodes, like, uh, Troy Stetcher, Matthias Eckholm, Ryan Ellis, like, I don't even know if those are the type of moves that you necessarily do at this point. Nah. I know we talked about in past episodes, like, well, maybe make those moves now to see what it looks like this year, but, like, again, like, I do kind of agree, Joe, like, it seems like it's going to be even harder to move money in season, considering teams are now super gun-shy about the expansion draft all of a sudden, like, you know, so I... I knew that was going to happen, by the way. Everybody kept saying, like, oh, the GMs have learned, like, they're going to be fine, and... The sphincters tighten the second you start talking about expansion draft. Now people are like, "Oh, we yeah, got to we're, we're two years, two three years on, and the young players that you didn't have to worry about before are now good young players yeah. that you've got to protect or make hard decisions on." So, and the and the good young players that you already had to protect before have just continued to grow. So, like you're just you're compounding the problem. It's never easy to give somebody up, really. So, yeah, I don't know. I would like to see. I I do think I love Scott Lawton. And I know he's like a popular guy or whatever, but like, I mean, you could you could really get some assets for him. I think that, and you can always sign Lawton, him back. Maybe so yeah, that's the thing. You, you could always that. sign him back. Lawton if you want gives to. he gives me the impression that he he's one of those guys, and you see it every deadline where like they trade somebody away and then they yeah. end up just signing back with the team because that's what they're most comfortable with. And the Leafs, the Leafs used to do that a lot when they were rebuilding a few years ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think a guy like Justin Braun, I would not be surprised if teams were looking for another, you know, bottom end defenseman. If somebody calls um, on Justin Braun, you got a deal done. Take I, I mean, pe- teams are calling on Mark Stahl apparently, so <laughs> like we we see that every year. Yeah, you know, third line guys go. The Lightning traded for like five bottom, you know, seven eight defensemen last night. Yeah. yeah, so moves like that, I think we're probably likely to see in season. Or leading up to the deadline, but then the bigger moves. I mean, I don't know, Joe, I don't know if you saw, I think it was in the latest 31 Thoughts or maybe the one before, but Friedman basically said Chuck. he's heard that Chuck Fletcher is going to do some, I think he said, 
some plastic surgery Operating. to the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, Flyers roster this off season. So what does that even mean? I think like heavy moves. Yeah, maybe got to try to put heavy. his actual stamp on the team instead of which. Again, I the only only guys from this core that I'm really like married to or that I think it would be a mistake to move are Couturier and Giroux in terms of the older guys. Like I agree. I, I think that you trade Giroux, I really don't know what message that sends. Like I to the fans, to the players, to Giroux himself, like you know, you you're what? Like you failed us, like or we let you down, like okay, I mean, maybe just try to build around him instead for the first time, you know. So because there's still good, there's good bones uh, of this current roster. I mean, yeah. center depth is there. You've got some good young defensemen who, despite steps back this year, can still be good. You've got great up-and-coming bottom-line players like the Blazinskis, the Allisons, the Wisdoms, um, and a couple other good young players. A great goalie, potentially franchise goalie. So there's still good bones to this roster, but maybe it's time to let some old faces go. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't we keep it Philly real quick. You know, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they brought a lot of those guys back. Um, they got you know another year older, and you know injuries started taking place. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with the Flyers, but at the same time, you know, sports is it's a business, and you have to be able to to move off people at the right times. And you know, I don't know if there's ever been a clearer sign that something needs to change than this year. Um, you know, it's kind of always been, you know, in the back of, I would say, probably most of our minds. We've always said this team's kind of missing something here and there. And, you know, they would, for whatever reason, can't seem to put together a full effort in most games. You know, they're going to try their hardest the last 10 minutes of the third. But, I mean, that's what it takes. It takes them, you know, on the verge of losing to put in any effort right now. So, a deal needs to be made. I just think, like you guys said, the bigger deals are going to have to happen in the off season. Um, once they know what the draft's going to look like, once they know what um, the expansion draft is going to look like, maybe we'll see some moves there. Um, I yeah. would not be surprised if I Johnny Hockey man. I've got a I got a feeling. He's, the only thing he, I can think he of can't with be him happy though, out there. Yeah, he definitely can't be happy, but he's two years away from being a UFA. So depending on what that asking price is, like if obviously Kevin Hayes is going to be staying here because there's no movement clause and his co- they just signed him and that was Fletcher's signing. Um, when we talk about putting the stamp on the team, so I mean I I would like him, like we said, like JVR selling high on him would be a good move. Potentially selling on Jake, not because he hasn't been playing well, but just because we need a new dynamic in that room. Um, I agree with Lawton if you can get some assets for him or a good prospect who can potentially make the roster next year um, in return. Like I know from the Avalanche, they have like Timmons, who's a right-hand defenseman. I'm not sure if that's too much for them to be giving up, but they have so much depth on that defensive core that I feel like something like that may make sense. Um, The only thing I don't know whether or not this would prohibit Chuck from selling on Braun is whether or not we need him for expansion purposes for the reason we signed him to like a two-year deal him and Haig to meet the requirement for the defenseman that we need to have exposed uh-huh. um, for the expansion that's so that's point. something to consider in terms of if they don't move him or Haig even though I want him nowhere near this team um, Haig that is not Braun but yeah yeah I mean I think really 
unless someone like this, like you said, because of the flat cap, like I, the only person I can really see going is Lawton and Gustafson. Gustafson for whatever pick you can get for him, and then Lawton for the highest bidder. Essentially, this, this would be the moment to to move Ghost too if you can. I yeah, think. like I because he has played pretty decently recently. Um, and nice goal the other night. Yeah. Nice goal the other night. Uh, teams aren't willing to just take him, like his his pure cap hit, I guess. So, I don't know. You could take salary back if you can get, you know, a comparable player to him, forward or defense. That's probably a win. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to retain for Ghost, but you know, if no, you not with one well, it, it, one year left after yeah, this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't. That's the thing too. Even if you retain like one. Point five two. That's not, not going to hurt you deal. anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think now would be the time to move him because he yeah, has okay. no like he has no future here, right? At least with the team. Yeah. I know he loves the city, um, but uh, what like this is going to potentially? So AV leaves town next potentially. I'm not saying this year or anything, but we know he's not going to be the indefinite coach of the Flyers. Like AV leaves town, and we're going to try ghost with another coach. Like that's it's just not going to happen. So. Probably this is probably the time to sell on him too, and then maybe you get York a look at the end this of the year, year, and you get yeah. Samula a look. Yeah, that's where actually I wanted to pivot to next. So besides deadline deals, anything you want to see the team do in the the last part of the year here? Obviously, you know they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Um, I had on my list, you know, seeing Zamula, seeing Wade Allison, um, maybe Wisdom, um, you know, seeing those guys kind of get a call up and see what they can do because. Yeah. Um, if Chuck is planning on doing some surgery, like everybody's saying he is, you know, it, it does two things. One, it shows internally what they have, and you know, you you'll be able to deal from a position of strength if they're going to be a bona fide NHLer, if they're kind of a tweener. And also, it advertises to the rest of the NHL. They're going to have tape on them. They're going to see what they can do if you end up wanting to trade them. So, I'd really like to see those young guys get a get a move. I talked about it a couple pods ago, but I think it was. Um, it was a couple of years after Hague and Moran got drafted. They both got in for like two games or something um, at the end of the and year. It, I think Manning too. Brandon Manning Probably. was one of them. Yeah. Oliver Lartz and like we, we saw like, you know. I saw his first goal live, his first NHL goal. Oh my first goodness. and only, I think. Kodak yeah. moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, the great Dane. Um, but yeah, I would, I would just like to see some of the young guys come up and play. Um, and the last thing I'll say is because you know, besides the fact that it advertises to the NHL and it shows the Flyers what they have. It's just going to be more fun. It gives us a reason to watch, right? Um, yeah. To be able to see see new young players. So um, that is one of my favorite things when your team is not a playoff team and you get to watch some young players towards the end of the season. Yeah. We didn't really get to see that all that much during the Hackstall years. Ackerson. He was not a. That was Ruby, I think. <laughs> I think so. Like, yeah, like, Hackstall, the only guy he ever gave a shot at the end of the year was Mike Vecchioni. <laughs> oh, then, yeah, Mike. Uh, I mean, that was that was really it. Forgot so, about him. That'll, uh, that'll be cool if we get that chance. I, I can imagine A.V. being okay with that. I mean, he's already given Lozinski a chance. He's talked about the fact that we're probably going to see young players shuffle in. So, um, But, yeah, in terms of the end of the year, I agree with you, Joe. That'll be cool, or that would be cool. Um, I'd like to see efforts like we've seen the past few games, yep. just to make it a little interesting to watch. Because the last three games were pretty solid. I mean, they were you know pretty inter- you know fun, not fun contests, but like something to watch. Better. It was, it was not 
not aggravating or, you know. But uh, one thing I really want to see is Patrick and Lindblom sort of finish out the year strong. I think Patrick, he looked really good against Boston last night, in my opinion. He was, there was a couple times he, like, circled through the offensive zone and stuff. Yeah, he can't buy a point, let alone a goal. He's, and I agree with Mike, he's looked like he's making all the right plays. He's getting in good areas to capitalize. He's playing physical now, too. Playing Mm -hmm. physical, like, he's, his speed is noticeably different than obviously years past and it's frustrating because obviously like at the end of the day it doesn't matter because all that matters is production but now that we're out of a playoff spot and we're not really talking about like making a run then that kind of changes things a little bit it's more about like the process and building in the next next year like Mike's saying because like you said even like Limblom obviously again cancer Take, has taken a toll on his body, and that's, that's evident. But from a construction standpoint, standpoint you still need to know, like, because, again, do you think Chuck's going to say, hey, going into next year, we're going to rely on Patty and, and Limbaum to give us 35 points each in a 40-game in a season? Like, I don't even think both of them combined this year are going to put up, like, 15 or 20. Yeah, it's um, it's it's been unfortunate their their production, but like you mentioned, um, the extenuating circumstances that have taken place. So we're not going to harp on them too much. Um, I did. Uh, I forget. I don't know if it was Nick Kiprios or somebody else had rumblings that the vets may not be so thrilled with the young guys and vice versa. Um, but we'll see what happens, man. I these young guys. I, I don't know what gripe they could have against the veterans when. I was about to say that. <laughs> what, what's, what are you I, complaining I, about? They're dragging you, kicking and screaming into the playoffs, trying to, and you know, you're upset. I never know who to necessarily believe when stuff like that gets out because, like, one, you got to think, okay, well then, who's going to the media or who's going to Nick Kiprios from the Flyers locker room and being like, yeah, we're, you know, we fucking can't get along in here, like, because I wouldn't want to associate with the player that does that necessarily anyway. So I, you know, I never know how much to read into that, but yeah, Joe, like what could the young players possibly have against Giroux, Voracek, JVR, like Giroux's uh, effort, the third period last night, just real quick. Oh my God. He was a man possessed man. He, he, he was doing everything in his power. I think it was, it was like nine or eight minute mark of the third. He came out and just absolutely tried and he was the only yeah. one forechecking. He was the yeah. only one. From his knees he was trying to yeah. win like five battles. He single-handedly tied the Islanders game. He was yeah. I believe in on at least one of the goals against the Bruins the other night. Like he's it's I mean there's only so much he see, can like, do. Jesus. Exactly. And if if nothing else it shows you like okay, you do not need to trade Giroux because if this is around the level of play you can get from him the next couple of years, you're probably okay. Like, even if he takes a slight drop-off, you know, rated out an entire season, he's, what, still 65 points? Because he's almost on... He's probably on pace for, like, a 70-point year or whatever. Yeah, and then you, you find... A, 82 games, so. You find a competent power play coach or someone who yeah, can put together yeah. the right lineup and he becomes a power play specialist like a Joe Pavelski later yeah, on in his career, then... He's probably sticking around the 60, 70 point mark that way. That's where he can make up mm-hmm. those points as opposed to scoring five on five. Yeah. It so. would be scary how many points, 
how many wins this team might have if they if their special teams the wasn't terrible. Yeah, yeah, special yeah, teams. Special general. teams is brutal. Second that to is, last ranked penalty kill. I'll, and, I'll add that so. to my uh, amendment for uh, my amendment for the off season. Uh, fire Tarion and uh, yeah. Mike Yo. Yeah, yeah. I think that that experiment, it, it's over. I, Jesus Christ! How many? <laughs> like, what right, is happening? Let's it's get like every ten minutes. Well, we'll <laughs> it's like every two minutes. We're gonna wrap it up in a second. We just wanna, you wanna do a quick uh, room roommate roundtable there, Matt. You wanna walk the the audience through real quick? Yeah. So uh, out here in Denver, I have three roommates, uh, Jordy. Ethan and Josh, and then we also have a question from uh, Josh's girlfriend, Louise, as well. So we can, uh, if we want, I have the questions in here. So do we want to pick, like, one from each person? Here, I, I haven't looked at them, so what? you just, you ask me you, on yeah. the fly. All right, we'll just ask them. Okay. Ask, us, ask us each one question. Blind I'll ask each person if okay, you want. Okay, okay. All right. Let's see. It can be like Mike's game we play for Christmas, the reindeer game. Pot of gold or pot of coal. Pot of gold or pot of coal, yeah. That was great. And uh, Chunky, Chewbacca's wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, all right. So, I have not we'll the start questions. with These Josh. These will be my honest answers. We'll start with right. Josh. Okay. And I guess we can kind of tie the first two questions into one his question is, has the co- coach lost the room? And do you think there's going to be any, like, front office slash coaching changes this offseason? Which is what we just touched on, so I figured yeah. we'd talk about that. Um, I would say I don't think AV has lost the room. There are definitely going to be changes. Um, I would be shocked beyond belief if they do not let go of Mike Yo and Michelle Terrian. Um I don't think it's going to happen – during the season, I think it's going to be an off-season thing. Just because at this point, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what happens when you let go assistants like that. Who who comes up? Who do you have? You bring people from the Phantoms or from, you know, the Reading Royals. I don't. Know. I have no idea how that works. So, um, yeah, I don't think AV's lost the room yet. I mean, if they continue to play like this the rest of the year, if they just like, like are one of like are either the worst or one of the worst teams in the NHL. Revisit that conversation then, because the answer could be yes at that point, but not right now. Michael, especially any thoughts with this question? Yeah, I mean, especially I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. Oh my god! Watermelon sugar. Hi. <laughs> there you go. That was a big one too. Um, it's these allergies, man. Oh my god. Yeah, um, yeah Corona. Yeah, fast no. and furious. <laughs> I don't think he's lost the room yet. Um, I think. My, in my opinion, the players have kind of just let him down this year. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what failure they or what what the where the failure comes in to play the system that worked so well from them last year. I don't understand how you can defend guys just totally out of position and out of you know. But I do agree with Joe. If if the season just spirals out, you might have to revisit that conversation, especially when you have Gerard Gallant, who his philosophy lines up with. Chuck Fletcher's philosophy as a general manager, very analytics driven, very like, you know, we're, we like our young players. We like to, we have our own numbers that we keep. We have, you know, stuff like that. So I don't, I don't know. I, I agree with Joe. It's a discussion that probably isn't worth having right now, but give it a couple months and maybe we'll. Yeah. If they we'll bought him out, by the way, I just looked at the schedule. They play four games 
from April 25th to May 1st, all against the Devils. So you will find me at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> I will not be watching that. Next question, Matt. Go ahead. Next question from Luis. Why is the why is the ball called a puck? <laughs> That's a good question. I honestly have no idea. I have no idea. It's a great That's question. Should we look it up? Yeah, someone, someone Matt, looked that up know? real quick. I do not know. Someone looked that up. While we're looking that up, I will pivot to Ethan's question. I'll give Mike like two seconds because we might get an answer pretty quick here. Uh, The Oxford English Dictionary suggests the name is related to the verb to puck, uh, which is a cognate of poke. Great rapper, too. Used in the game of hurling for striking or pushing the ball. Okay, so... To poke. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. All right. So I guess it... Whatever. The more you know. The more There's you know. Your answer. Yeah. All right. I, I wish that they just called it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess puck's the perfect word. I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> that was a good question. I like that. No one, one heard my Tupac joke. By that is. Way. That's a perfect question. On its face, that looks like a dumb question, but that is a great question because yeah. I guarantee you, no hockey fan or player Knows could tell why. you why it's. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Here's and then. Now we have Ethan, who uh, Josh and Ethan are both from Colorado and are both Avs fans. Good for I them. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast that uh, now, because I live in Colorado, we cannot watch the Avalanche. Because <laughs> the NHL blackout restriction, right? No, because the owner Brutal. has some type of gripe with whatever media network out here, and they won't let them play the games. There's like not an agreement. Wait, the owner of the Avalanche? Yes, yes. So they can't be watched. I don't know the logistic. I don't know like the actual like top of my head. I can't speak to exactly what the issue is, but essentially, the owner and whatever media group in the state of Colorado or this region essentially does not allow for people of Colorado, the residents, to watch the Avalanche. So I cannot wow. watch Avalanche games, which is depressing because they're wow. a very fun team. So his question is. If the Avalanche top line of Miko Rotman, Gabriel Landeskog, and Nathan McKinnon was the Flyers' top line, replacing, I'm assuming, we'll just say G, Coots, and Voracek, would they be a cup contender? No. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, I mean, they're our issue is... Players. And you know how much I love Nathan McKinnon. I take. Oh, I would die to David. watch him. They might be flirting with a playoff spot, but... I mean, Gabe Landeskog is good, but is he better than Sean Couturier? Probably not. He's a tough customer. I like him. Yeah, I mean, Gabe Landeskog is not better than Couturier, but yeah, the yeah, other two are than definitely better than at right now. Poor checking Giroux, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But I mean, that's not enough to make them a cup contender. Mm. Correct. <laughs> the Oilers aren't a cup contender with McDavid and Drysaddle. Connor McDavid and Drysaddle. So, yeah, that's a good. That's a nice like thought experiment, though. All right, and I did have uh, my fourth roommate ring or i guess the third roommate because lou is not a roommate ring in middle of this probably heard us recording and his question i'm going to pick between the two so let me see what is our bigger need a pure goal scorer or a solid defender Uh, (laughs) if if provorov had played better this year i would just have said goal scorer but I think it's it's pretty clear now um, I don't think he's a true number one he might be like a 1B or like a really really probably the best two in the game 
but I think he needs uh, a very steady, reliable partner to go with him, and um, I would say defender at this point, even though my heart wants Patrick Line. <laughs> I knew that was going I on. think that's a good question. It's a very good question. too. I think that I think that currently Ivan Provorov is a high two or a low one, and I do think he will be like you know a number one defenseman, probably top ten, whatever among his age range at some point within the next few years. He probably is already one of the better defensemen among his age range. But I don't even think he needs a legit number one partner with him. He just needs a capable like number two defenseman like Matt Niskin was not a number one defenseman no. when they when the Flyers brought him in so and that was arguably Pro Rob's best year so yeah if they can get him you know an Ekholm level defenseman like we've been talking about I think that um bring his game to his next level. so I so I will yeah so I think that Wait, was the question, do they need bigger need as a, a true number one or a goal scorer? It was a, a pure solid. goal scorer, or it's solid. Yeah. Solid, Defense. okay, then yeah, I go with defenseman, because, I mean, the defense is a mess. And Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. They're both needs. Yeah, yes, both they are. Yes, they are. The Flyers and won last year by being a solid defensive team and a good transition team, so that's always more important. Agreed. And the last question I will leave you with from Ethan again. Who wins a championship next, the Eagles or the Flyers? <sighs> Got to be the Flyers. Flyers. Has to be the Flyers. Yeah. If it's the Eagles, I would be. Uh, Howie Roseman must have made several deals with the devil in order to get that done again. I don't. We got a long time for the Eagles or, or at that level again. So, Flyers. I agree. I but think. by that we mean like twenty years <laughs> or something. Hey, I mean if you average it out, right? I mean the Phillies won the World Series in '08, right? And then. So I, I actually did the numbers on this did every- one time. I wish I could, I could find it. Uh, I did Boston versus Philly sports. Mm-hmm. Philly sports is like one every... Ten years. If you if you take all the championships and then you like spread it out over the existence of Philadelphia sports, it's like once every 50 years or something they win a championship. Oh, or my God. I wish I, I wish I had the numbers handy. But then That's with Boston, tough. it's literally like once every three years they win a championship. If you take like all of their championships across sports and for how long they've been in the league. I guess are, it depends if you include rate. the soul, the Philadelphia soul. And, Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, and the wings, the soul, the Philadelphia wings. Like once every 30 and the Philadelphia years kicks the, as well. The kicks, yeah. oh, God. No, I think that's a good point. I don't know if there's any firemen on the board for the draft coming up in the NFL, but if there is, Howie's going to snag them up. Um, but I agree with you guys. I think they're all all good questions from the Very roommate good. roundtable. We'll uh, maybe we'll come back to this. revisiting that segment in, in a future 100%. day. 100%. All right, boys. Mike, you got to run. You got errands to go. You got, you got stuff that you got to do. Anything else, boys, you want to end it? Any last thoughts? They have uh, – the Islanders tomorrow, and then they play the Bruins again. Dude, have we played the Islanders every other day for the last, like, five weeks? I'm dead serious. I feel like every episode we're talking about the Islanders. No. This is five games and seven I hated days, this season. We, I hated this season. We, I hated the schedule. We played the Islanders. So here's what it was. We played the Islanders the 18th, the 20th, and the 22nd. And then we play him again on the third. There's the train again. Just your average <laughs> two-minute stop. It's on that schedule. Can't beat it. All oh right, that's God. it. We're going to wrap it. Everybody, have a great week. Don't watch this team. Spend your time doing something else more productive. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a great week.